And now, back to David Spada and Elliot Harris for more sports and torts on TalkZone.com. Elliot, there was a fun time with Angela Sparrow. That's right. Welcome back to Pageant. Uh, Pageant Radio? That's us, isn't it? Exactly. We took enough pictures here. I had to doll myself up, making myself look good, if that's possible. It was. That's why we took the extended break. Exactly. We had as many commercials as regular radio stations. But, I mean, I didn't realize all that's involved in being Miss Illinois. I mean, you have to make appearances right. and all that. And I'm sure there's all these qualifying contests and... Traveling across the country? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, this is a, a lovely, glamorous existence, but it's a lot of work. Well, let's get to our next guest, a guy who traveled across the country playing baseball. He was with the Giants, the Indians, the Rangers, Padres, Yankees, Braves, Mariners, Royals. He's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Gaylord Perry. How are you doing, Gaylord? I'm doing great. I hope you are. We are. So where are you at today? Well, I'm out in California. I'm at a great uh, vineyard, wine tasting, so uh, uh, kind of uh, stuttered a little bit. I've had about three or four tastes. Uh, <laughs> have we gotten you early enough in the day where you're still able to put together a, a, a thought or two without... Uh... I, I, I think we, you got me early enough. You did good. Oh, good. So, Gaylord, who was your favorite team to play with out of all those teams? Uh, San Francisco is my favorite Uh you know, I came up in the minor leagues. We knew everybody. The guys that came up before me and after me and during the time I did, uh, we were like, uh, you know, like brothers because we just played together 150 games a year in uh, spring training. And we knew when somebody was going to get called up and you were hoping it was you and sometimes it wasn't. So you was pulling for the guy. So, you know, I was just very fortunate. I played in San Francisco 10 years and had Mays as my son. I was for 10 years, the best player I ever saw, and the most feared hitter at McCovey at first. One of the greats of all time in pitching in Juan Marcy also. And then Bobby Bonds and right. So I was very blessed. So you should have been a 20-game winner every season then with all that talent around you, right? You know, that's what the general manager said. <laughs> you sure you're not my ex-general manager? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm I'm not that dumb. So what was it like pitching in candlestick? Uh, kind of windy, you know. <laughs> Just a little, huh? Some, yeah, sometimes your curveball would get the wind blowing right at you. You know, it would uh, it would break faster or slower, but uh, you had a better break on it. Uh, you you kind of had to use the wind to your advantage. Uh, the hitters did so; they always hit the right field, and you try to keep. The opposing hitters from hitting that way because the wind would take them on out of the ballpark, and that wasn't good. So, uh, but then I like to pitch the first game, like of uh, say the St. Louis Cardinals was at this, uh, the Dodger Stadium for three days. It was probably a hundred degrees down there. They come up to the candlestick. I like to pitch the first night because it's about forty, and they didn't want to swing the bat as good. So I got a few of those games, and it, it paid off. You mentioned that Willie Mays was the best player you ever saw. I mean, I feel sorry for him because it seemed like he was always in Mickey Mantle's shadow. The country loved Mickey Mantle, and they forgot about Willie Mays. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, where I went, uh, they were cheering, uh, wanted to see Mays play and hit. But Mickey Mantle, you know, a switch hitter, uh, Oklahoma boy, country boy, cowboy, you know, whatever. He just And he was such a pleasant guy like Mays was, too. But I think Mantle was... Uh, more out going into bars and stuff like that. Mays never drank, <laughs> but uh, so. But man, well, what two players to talk about on your shows? Uh, two of the greatest ever. 
What do you think of the whole Barry Bond situation with the steroids? Do you think he should go in the Hall of Fame, or do you think basically that he cheated and he should not go in? Well, I'll tell you what. If uh, the writers vote him in, I'm going to go there and be there to, to congratulate him. Uh, if he doesn't go in, I'll be sad because I knew his mom and dad. I played with his dad. He was one of my best friends, and uh, his mom's just a great lady, and you know, he just maybe got sidetracked a little bit. So uh, whatever happens, I'm going to uh, support him. Now, after San Francisco, you went to Cleveland. What was that transition like? <laughs> it was terrible. They had lost 102 games the year before. I turned around and looked at center field. There was a little guy there that can't hit home runs, can't play, can't throw. <laughs> and, and I'm saying, God, help me through this year. And uh, the good Lord was with me. I had one of my best years, but. I learned a great deal from the John organization, the way you play uh, the opposing club. You pitch them a certain way, you know what they can get, and you know where they're going to hit the ball most time. And that's the way I got my teammates to play. And they played great behind me. I, you know, they some of them didn't like the way I pushed them. I said, if you can't catch the ball on your feet, dive and knock it down. You know, keep them at a single, not a double. And after a while, they kind of believed in me and then uh, – that year, I started 40 games, had 40 decisions. They knew I was going to stay out there as long as it took. And uh, so they they learned a great deal by what I learned from the Giants organization. Now, you said you started 40 games. Nowadays, if a guy starts 30 games, that's considered a lot. What do you mean? Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, uh, I kind of had to work myself out in the bullpen. And uh, when you was in the bullpen in the 60s, you weren't. You wasn't worth very much. You were just filling in. You might get traded, sent down, or released. So it wasn't a very good place to be. Uh, your value was not good at all because uh, most of the pitchers had to go nine innings. So now each pitcher in the bullpen is very valuable, and uh, I, I like that idea a lot uh, because I, I've been there where you didn't know where you were going to be tomorrow, and that's not a good feeling. So these guys have a, a part where it's the seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning. Uh, they have a big part to play in the ball club, and, and they got to feel good about themselves. How many Hall of Famers are on those Giants teams? I'm just thinking about it. You had yourself, you had Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Juan Marichal. I mean, you guys were loaded. In order to anticipate, I, I, uh, I made up a little uh, pin, and they had all five of us on there. Cepeda, McCovey, Mays, Marichal, and myself. All of us made the Hall of Fame. All of us have our number retired at the uh, AT&T ballpark in San Francisco. So we're very proud of that. Uh, I don't think any other team has five that played together that long and uh, had made the Hall of Fame had their number retired. So we are very proud of that. You like that new ballpark in San Francisco? I surely do. Uh, I wish I could have pitched in that. That's a, it's a great ballpark. Uh, if the game is not going away, you can look at the scenery outside, the boats and the water in the mountains and it is just a great ballpark. It is a great job. You're known for the spitball. Are they making too much about you in the spitball or, or without the spitball? What, what is that? What is that? It, it's, from my understanding, it's when uh, <laughs> a, a human being may use some saliva and somehow rub that onto the baseball to make the baseball move in mysterious ways. You're probably not or too familiar of, with that. Or sweat a lot or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. I think he wrote a book about you it. Know, it, it well, the wind blows a lot, and the sand blows a lot, and the sun shines a lot, so you put, you know, sunscreen oil on and stuff like that, and it might get a little flicky. And also, 
You do what you got to do. Do you think that's something of a lost art nowadays? That, that you know you don't have the Vaseline ball and uh, stuff like that anymore. I don't think. Maybe you do. And, and it probably don't cork bats like they used to. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it probably changed a little bit, but I, I expect you to think about it. If you're owing four already this year, you better be thinking about something, ain't you? Yeah. Did you know any of your teammates that cork bats or no? Or they wouldn't even tell you. It'd be a secret. I was a good cork backer for my teammates myself. I wanted that ball to go a little bit further when it hit for me. Yeah. Who did you cork for? Well, see, you remember when Greg Nettles, uh, somebody hit uh, a Yankee team hit, and all those balls bounced out, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Or when Sammy Sosa had a cork bat and they broke and they found it. He said well, it was his batting good... practice bat. It wasn't his normal bat. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you believe that? that? Yes. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> they, just needed, he, they needed a butter carpenter. Did Mazer McCovey ever use a cork bat? Who was that? Mazer McCovey or Cepeda. Did any of them use a cork bat? Uh, not as I know of. And if they, they were available. <laughs> but this, this, this part of the game that probably has kind of passed by was, you know, you, you kind of guess, well, who's using a cork bat on the other team? You know, how are you going to pitch them if they're using one then? It was a great challenge, so we didn't complain about it. I never complained to umpire about somebody using a cork bat. So it just that was part of our game back then. It, it was great, and the fans got a great deal out of it. So it was just a great part of the game then. But if you found a cork bat, if it broke, would you bring it up to the umpire? Or was it kind of unwritten rule? You didn't say anything. You just handed the. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a thing. Never. Because uh-uh. Mike Rumlin, I would try. I would try to hide it for the guy. Which is a class thing because a lot of the players say it's all about me, me, me. They don't care about their teammates or players on other teams. Right. I, I, I probably knew he was using a cork bat, and uh, you just had a pitch a little bit different. But no, I, I would never uh, try to embarrass a, a teammate or especially another guy on the other team by doing that. Now, is it surprising that all you know when Willie Mays hit all his home runs that? That was incredible. Nowadays, you got guys, not so much in the last few years, but you had this period in baseball where middle infielders were hitting 50 home runs and things like that. <laughs> no, that's right. Exactly right. You know, you scratch your head. Yeah, that, that's just part of it. And, uh, you know, uh, I've been watching the Giants play on TV last yesterday, and they're playing already on the day, and uh, they're not scoring any runs, so they they got to do something. I, I see. What... help them out a little bit. I see when you played with the Indians, you had a little issue with the manager then, Frank Robinson. What happened? Was it that he was just Frank, too... Look, Frank uh, did a great... I got a bigger raise by having Frank Robinson my manager anybody, so I, I love the guy. I thanked him. Uh, we kind of had just a disagreement way you condition and stuff like that. Uh, it was nothing else. Uh, and, you know, uh, when you get a new manager, they won't get rid of the guys that's played the game a long time and know how the game should be played. And uh, by the time June 15th had gone, he had already traded his four starting pitchers that we had the year before, my brother, myself, Bosman, and a couple other guys. So he wanted to get his young pitcher where he, you know, he could control them. He says, you know, when you want to pitch, uh, say, uh, Dick Allen a certain way and he wants to pitch another way, well, you've had success getting him out one way. You're going to, you've got to voice your opinion in and new managers don't like that. They don't like to be uh, say, oh, yeah, I don't want to pitch a guy another way. They, they have a way they want to do it, and they should have that way until they fail. But, uh, 
you know, we'd had experience of doing that. Who, who was Look, guys, I got to run. I'm I'm in a meeting here and uh, the wine tasting thing, and it's time for another drink. I'll okay. let you get going. Enjoy. Thank you. Okay, what's my? That was. Baseball Hall of Famer Gaylord Perry. Not a, not a bad life. I got to go to a wine tasting. I want to be able to use that line sometime. Exactly. But, I mean, he basically admitted that players were corking bats back then. He was corking it for people, and it's part of the game here. It didn't help his hitting. <laughs> I, we need to get into his hitting. I saw he ran for Congress, too, uh, back in the mid-'80s. Yeah. As yeah. a Republican, he supported Jesse Helms. Hey. No comment. <laughs> We're going to have another politician coming on soon. But we're going to talk baseball. We're going to talk baseball. You don't want to go into politics? No. Talk about Kentucky politics? No. We went through that before with Jack Twyman. Yeah, that was more than (laughs) enough. Much, much, much more than enough. But again, I mean, look, he said the best player he played with was Willie Mays, the best player in the game. And you know what? I think he was. He was a five-tool player. He could do it all. But he kind of got lost. I think when they moved from New York to San Francisco, there there was a lot of hard feelings. And I think a lot of people turned their back on Willie because yep. he was part of the Giants. Yeah, it's like, okay, the, the folks in New York became sort of spurned lovers, as it were. You know, the Dodger fans who were in Brooklyn, not happy when O'Malley left. The Giant fans in New York, not happy when Stoneham went to San Francisco. And uh, It's like, ugh. you know, they dis- they disowned them to a great extent. Plus, they're leaving the world's biggest media market to go to the West Coast, where in those days, the results of those games, you wouldn't get in the morning paper. Go West, young man. It was good enough for Horace Greeley once upon a time. But look at the New York center fielders. You had Mantle, you had Mays and Snyder. That is my biggest regret. I talked to Duke Snyder last year. I was working to get the interview together, and it never got put together before he passed away. I look forward to talking to him. Yeah, he he was a class act, a very nice gentleman, and... uh, He'll be missed. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to have on another Baseball Hall of Famer, Jim Bunning. You're listening to Sports and Torts here on TalkZone.com.